0: All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing.
1: Good afternoon, this is Nadia Budihaja with your Monday headlines. A global search is on for the next Optus chief executive after Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin resigned amid a federal government review into the telecom's nationwide outage. Optus parent company Singtel announced Ms Bayer-Rosmarin's resignation in a statement this morning. She recently faced a Senate inquiry after 10.2 million Optus users, including 400,000 businesses, were affected by a nationwide outage on November 8. In the inquiry, Ms. Beyer Rosmarin revealed hundreds of emergency calls failed to go through during the 12-hour network blackout. Ms. Bea Rosmarin said her resignation was in the company's best interests moving forward. Optus has appointed Chief Financial Officer Michael Venter as the interim chief executive. According to Singtel, the global search for Miss Bea Rosmarin's replacement is in process. In mining, Gina Reinhart's Atlas Iron has taken a swipe at the state government's environmental approval process over conditions to its delayed iron ore project. The miner has lodged an appeal against the Environmental Protection Authority's conditions to the approval of its 605 million McPhee Creek iron ore project, calling them overreaching and onerous. The EPA waved through the application to Environment Minister Reese Whitby for approval last month. Atlas Iron, a subsidiary of Hancock Prospecting since 2018, received the EPA's recommendation for approval subject to conditions in late October. The miner is seeking to appeal an exclusionary buffer zone around Bat Caves within and near the 4,465-hectare development area in the Pilbara. Atlas Iron called the zone unnecessarily prescriptive. In other news, a regional Western Australian brewery is making its first foray into Perth with plans to open a tap house overlooking the Indian Ocean by Christmas. Frothcraft Brewery is fitting out its new North Beach venue on West Coast Drive as a 22-tap pub which will bring the brewers' core beers and seasonal releases into Perth. The venue will be Froth Trio, Pete Firth, Tyler Little and Phil Grace Third, following on from their 2017 launch in Exmouth and 2022 Bun Brewery, where most of the company's beers are now made. Froth is the third country brewer to move into the area with Broom Spinifex Brewing Co opening an all-day diner just down the road and Rocky Ridge Brewing Co hoping to throw the doors open to its tap house in nearby Duncraig by the end of summer. That's all the headlines from me. You can read the major stories from today at businessnews.com.au. And coming up next on the podcast, Jack McGinn and Liv DeClerc discuss Arana House's expansion of its services to housewomen experiencing domestic violence.
2: Celebrate business leaders, entrepreneurs and trailblazers with business news events. With our flagship event series, bespoke online events, webinars, book launches and gala awards programs, our forums showcase the policies and issues affecting Western Australia within industry and government. Our events are your platforms to engage and connect with the Western Australian business community. Visit businessnews.com.au forward events for more information.
0: Welcome back to Our Close of Business. I'm Jack McGinn. Today I'm joined by Liv DeClerc. Liv, how are you?
2: Well, thank you. How are you going, Jack?
0: Really well, thanks. Liv, Arana House is a non-for-profit organisation providing housing and, and supportive services for women facing or escaping domestic violence. And in an effort to expand its capacity, Arana House recently received new funding and launched a new round of one of its programs. Can you tell me a bit more about the funding Arana's been given?
2: Yeah, of course. So, Arana House was one of the grant recipients for a round of funding launched by the philanthropic organisation 100 Women. So, this particular funding was launched in September and it was to support organisations that are working towards empowering and protecting women. And through this, Arana received $50,000 to be delivered over two years, specifically for its Housing Families program. And this funding was also allocated in the lead up to the 16 Days in WA, which is steadily approaching. Um, it's the annual campaign. Campaign advocating to end violence against women in Western Australia. And it actually runs from the 25th of November, which is also International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women. Mm-hmm. And the campaign ends on the 10th of December, which is also Human Rights Day. So obviously the new funding is very exciting for Orana House. It's leading up to this big campaign. But another piece of exciting news for the organisation was its move to a new office in Maylands, which it's acquired through a peppercorn lease deal with the city of Bayswater. And the reason it's such a big deal is because the new office will allow Orana to strengthen the delivery of its services, expand its footprint too, and there's a, a lot of other things in the works for the not-for-profit all happening at the same time and it's all going towards supporting vulnerable women and children in our community.
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's a really important um, cause that Irana is behind. Uh, I, I noted in your story, some research conducted by Irana House found that women who have experienced domestic violence were being discriminated against within the state's mm-hmm. rental market. So, what's Irana doing to battle against that issue?
2: So that research was actually a survey that Arana sent out to homeowners and agencies and it found that 88% of landlords were apprehensive about renting property to this cohort of women for several reasons, the most common being fear of property damage caused by perpetrators. But in the same survey, no one reported ever having had bad experiences personally. Like not a single person who filled out this survey said that they'd had this experience firsthand. Wow. Which is really interesting that 88% were fearful of this sort of incident when it seems like it's not... Really happening that frequently? I'm sure it's happened before, which is where that fear has been born. But uh, when I spoke to a spokesperson, Jasmine Houghton, she said that despite these situations being so rare, so many women are dealing with this and having their applications dismissed. And then other reasons their applications were falling through were because of single income earning or because they don't have enough rental history in their name, which is often because of coercive control that they've been under. Mm. So in an effort to secure more housing, to answer your question, for these victim survivors of domestic violence and their children, Arana House has been partnering with people who work in the property sector to become impact agents. So basically, Arana's been running the Housing Families Program, which I mentioned just before. Uh, which they've done for a while now, but they've just newly started tapping into the potential of partnering with people in properties such as real estate agents, property managers, property owners, basically to facilitate priority access and viewings to private rentals for women in refuges or making contribution towards rent top-ups or bond assistance. And then in return, Orana House is providing specialist family domestic violence training to these impact agents and their staff as well. So Iran has done one round of this back in March where it signed up six people as impact agents. And so far this year, they've housed 16 women and 29 children, which is pretty impressive. And now the not-for-profit has launched a second round of opening up to more impact agents, hoping to get on another six And chatting with Jasmine, she said, working with impact agents has really significantly strengthened the housing families program. And the more impact agents signed on, obviously, the more successful the program will be. And Irana House's goal for 2024 is to at least triple the current number of impact agents, if not more. And this will help Irana to reach its overarching ambition to house at least 50 women in the next two years.
0: I understand Arana House will be hosting a a breakfast in recognition of the new round of signing up Impact Agents for its housing program. What's the plan there? When's that being held?
2: Yeah, so Arana will be co-hosting a breakfast. Uh, it's this Friday, the 24th of November at Odyssey in City Beach. And it will be to recognise the property managers who were involved in the program since March as one of those first impact agents. And also to thank them for housing those women in need. And then the the other host of the event is actually a property management firm because it is a collaborative breakfast. Mm. Uh, This firm is called PM Collective and it's run by a woman named Ashley Goodchild and she's actually hosted an event in collaboration with Irana before earlier this year and that's when they had the first round of Impact Agents so this is the second event that they've hosted collaboratively uh, talking about this upcoming event with Jasmine, she said it was an opportunity for other people in the property industry who weren't part of that first group of impact agents to see the positive change that they can make in, in their career for these women facing domestic violence and to recognise that these women do make ideal tenants and deserve every chance to make a rental property their safe haven.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more about Ashley Goodchild uh, and her involvement with Arana
2: Yeah, sure. So Ashley's been involved with Irana for about 18 months now and she's very adamant about doing what she can to help house women in need as someone in the property industry. She's been advocating and spreading awareness about the need to provide safe and affordable housing to this cohort of women and she's been using her position as a property manager herself to urge other property managers to partner with Irana as impact agents. When I spoke with Ashley for this article, she said property managers were the next step for family domestic violence survivors to regain confidence and establish new freedom. She said that it's because property managers are inside these families' homes and in their personal spaces and exposed to a lot. And it is absolutely crucial to be educated in the area of domestic violence so that they can respond to the situations in the best way possible to protect these people who are most at risk and then get them to safety as well. So discussing the breakfast event specifically, Ashley said the purpose was to share some of the success stories that have come to fruition from the first six impact agents who signed on and showcase the outcomes for those women and their children who are housed during this time and what they've been able to do in terms of moving forward and returning to work or study and helping their kids settle into school and building connections in their new local community. Ashley also said that sharing these good news stories will motivate people more to get involved in the program, especially in an environment where it's property managers talking to other property managers of the benefits. So it's, as bad as it sounds, it is more trustworthy when it's coming from someone who's similar to you, I suppose. So that's the aim of the event.
0: Of course, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Liv, it's, it's a really important cause and some really great work that Arana House is doing and a really great job that you've done shining a light on that work. So our listeners can find it online as of today or in the most recent edition of Business News. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your insights and have a great day.
2: Thank you, you too.
0: The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit
1: businessnews.com.au.